0: And I was able to convince them and we ran that video as an ad or I ran that video as an ad and they got thousands and thousands of downloads, uh, which is within just a week, they spent only 500 bucks on it. They were blown away. And that's when I realized that YouTube ads was something else I had. So the same company, they they, they had me do a different promotion for a bigger app. That went very well. We kept running that one. And I remember them calling me up and they said, hey, Alric, we want you to drop out of college, fly out here to Silicon Valley join our team, be the YouTube ads guy on our team, and and we'll give you equity, we'll give you a high salary, and you could keep your YouTube channel. So it seemed like they were giving me the full full offer, really compelling offer. But I turned it down because I wanted to build it myself. I wanted to build this business myself instead of being the knight in somebody else's castle, I wanna be the king of my own castle.
1: Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host, Delaney McGuire. Here on the show we are all about products and people who make an impact interviewing growth experts, marketers, VCs, tech experts, all the people who are making an impact and a ton of income along the way so that you can do the same. Today on the show, we have Alric Heck. Alric is a buddy. He has the number one fastest growing business in Austin, Texas, and number 60 in the world, according to Inc 5000 doing YouTube advertising. So Alric started a YouTube channel over a decade ago, quickly scaled that to over 500,000 subscribers, having the number one YouTube channel for technology reviews on the platform. And now he earns over eight figures per year, helping entrepreneurs scale and grow on YouTube with ads. Alric is a genius. He has great energy and he's only 26 years old and he's totally crushing it. So without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Alric Heck. All right, Alric Heck, welcome to the podcast. So great to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me on Delaney. I'm excited. Yeah, this is perfect. So for the audience listening, Alaric and I met in an event a little over two months ago here in Austin, a bunch of high-level entrepreneurs and had the pleasure of being introduced to Alaric and got to learn about your YouTube ads business and it sounded impressive when we were chatting about it. I did some digging into your background and really cool to see that you were voted the number one fastest growing
0: business in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And not even just, not even just voted. The, the crazy thing is that's the Inc. 5,000. So they go through, they like audit the financial. And we had no idea that it was going to be that high. We knew it grew pretty fast. So six thousand fifty-two percent growth in three years. They look at like the last three years. And yeah, they ran, they ran the report. So we got Inc. 5,000 three years in a row. So the first year we were number 80 fastest growing in the United States. I forget where we were in Austin. Last year we were number 60 in the United States number one in Austin, Texas. This year, I think we're like 1255 again. It's hard to be like number one year after year, in same time still, it's, it's exciting. And not many people like get to be on the list multiple years in a row. So it's definitely really grateful and it's a testament to our team. We got a great team here. Love that. Definitely want to give you a chance to speak into your story and your journey. A few more highlights
1: from what you shared with me. You've been in the YouTube game for over a decade you've grown one of your own YouTube channels to over 500,000 subscribers. And then you've really built a platform on top of that that helps others find financial growth through YouTube.
0: Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, exactly. So working with all these different businesses with YouTube ads to to be able to scale and grow and getting that start out. And I'm sure we could dive into kind of the early days of YouTube. and, And then the only other thing is now we also have an AI software as well, Keyword Search, that does AI ad targeting on YouTube too. And I know. I think we were talking a little bit about that at the event as well. We can definitely dive in. Uh, I know you're also all all on top of the AI uh, side of things as well. So I'm sure the audience will love that.
1: Yeah, that'll be great. Perfect. Why don't you just give us a background? It's always cool seeing that slow rise and that zero to one story of starting from exploration to really tapping into your expertise and really being able to make an impact. So how did this YouTube journey start for you?
0: Yeah, so I started 14 years ago and YouTube was totally different platform then. It was back in 2009, I remember creating my YouTube channel, App Find. I was reviewing mobile apps, tech tutorials, teaching people how to use an iPhone. And the first couple of years, I didn't really earn any money from it. I was just posting videos, showing people the best apps. And when it really started to take off was when I started teaching people how to use their iPhone for the first time. Those videos started to get some traction. Next thing I knew, I had thousands and then hundreds of thousands, and then eventually millions of people watching the videos. And, and that was the early days. I remember and I was young at the time too. So I was building this out throughout high school and I, and I took it into college. And I remember, um, it really became real to me. My sophomore year of high school, I had the YouTube channel. I just hit over hundred thousand subscribers. So I got the plaque in, in, in the early days. And I remember I was going into class and I was getting, earning money from YouTube ad revenue I was starting to get some sponsorships at that time. And I remember. I was just telling a friend about the money I was making on my YouTube channel, the like $60,000 a year or so, or I think I had made in the past year. And I was showing some of the stats. And I remember a teacher, this is at the high school, overheard me saying that. He's like, no way, that's not possible. You're definitely not making it. You're making that up. And I said, oh, no, that's what I'm doing. And I just remember I was on like one of the school, like computers or whatever. I pull up the, the channel and the stats and his jaw drops. And he's like, that's more than I make. And that's when I realized that I had something special and so at that age, you don't really understand what is or isn't like a large sum as much. And, and that's when I realized I had something special and kept growing that channel. And I'm sure we could dive a little deeper into wherever you want to go, but kept growing that channel throughout high school and into college and helped use it pay for college. And that's when the transition started to happen over on the on the the ad side to to YouTube ads. Perfect. Yeah,
1: I, I know you'd shared that you've made some pivots like you're so just sticking with AppFind for a second here before yeah into the other stuff. So You've grown and scaled that at a certain point, maybe in the recent future or the, the recent past. You've found someone to essentially manage the channel for you. Do I remember you sharing that?
0: Yeah. So when I got to college, I, like many entrepreneurs, read Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. But the funny thing is I had a different idea than I think a lot of people. So Some people, they want to do that for the four-hour work week for kind of the lifestyle business and kind of laptop lifestyle, which is great. But what I wanted to do. I'm one of those crazy, and I, you might resonate with this, Delaney and other listeners too. I'm one of those crazy entrepreneurs that I want to do the four-hour work week with this business so I can make my next business. That was like okay. my game plan. Totally. And so I essentially applied the principles from that. I made this my four-hour work week and essentially pulled myself out of the app find business. I hired a script writer, video editor, eventually, actually later on, somebody to be a video script writer, video editor, business development person. Close sponsorship deals. By this point, we were getting over 50 to 100 inbound emails a day from apps and tech companies wanting to sponsor the channel because we were an influencer before that was even a word. And so we became the largest app review channel on YouTube. And so all of a sudden, all these apps, there was a list. I remember finding this at one point. There was a list of things to do when you launch your app. And we were on there get an app find sponsorship. We talk about great like branding, it was awesome. But, anyways. So I remember people would re- you know, be reaching out. So I'd have a business developer person closing sponsorship deals. Uh, I'd have a script writer writing all the scripts. I would then go in and record the video, either my audio or the camera kind of recording the, the screen. Then I would send that over to my editor. So all I would have to do is really just be there to record. And then the rest of the team did everything else. I think I also pushed the button to publish. So I recorded and published the videos. The team did everything else. And so it was essentially this assembly line of videos and we scaled up to to about half a million subscribers. And at that point, I was able to really just make it an assembly line and pull myself out and focus on what my next business would be. And that's where Ad Outreach came to be. Essentially, I remember I had one particular mobile app. It was like a social media networking app. And they had done a sponsorship. So we promoted them on a channel. And I remember them, they had a marketing firm that was working with them. So they called the marketing firm, called me up and they said, hey, can we get more people to see this video? Can you just post it again? And I had to tell them, like, it's not, it doesn't work like that. You can't just post the same video twice and expect to double your results because people have already seen it. But what if we take this video and we run it as an ad and we run this as an ad on YouTube and we go and target people that might be interested in this app. So they're a little skeptical at first, but then I was able to convince them and we ran that video as an ad or I ran that video as an ad. And they got thousands and thousands of downloads, uh, which is within just a week. They spent only 500 bucks on it. They were blown away. And that's when I realized that YouTube ads was something else I had. So the same company, they, they, they had me do a different promotion for a bigger app. That went very well. We kept running that one. And I remember them calling me up and they said, hey, Alric, we want you to drop out of college, fly out here to Silicon Valley, join our team, be the YouTube ads guy on our team, and and we'll give you equity we'll give you a high salary and you could keep your youtube channel so it seemed like they were giving me the full the the, the like the full offer a really compelling offer but i turned it down cuz i wanted to build it myself i wanted to build this business myself instead of being the knight in somebody else's castle i want to be the king of my own castle and so that's where ad outreach was born that summer i created ad outreach and i'm sure we'll get into to more of that but that's when i started actually going in and helping businesses with YouTube ads. That's where where it came to be. I love it. Awesome. I don't even want to stop you. I'd love to
1: hear you just keep going with the story. So Um, yeah, as you were getting started, or even maybe just synthesizing some of those years of ad outreach, what types of companies do you find work versus don't work as well when it comes to YouTube ads? Or, Or what other themes and stories have you found in terms of what predetermined success of being able to really find scaled growth through YouTube?
0: That's a great question. Early on, it was working with a lot of mobile apps. So that was the next part of that story was basically going in and, and working with all the app developers that had sponsored me. I turned around and said, hey, we can run your ads and driving millions of app downloads. So these are free app downloads. Usually there's in-app purchases or upgrades, all these other things. So that was the early days. But then I expanded, I found ClickFunnels back in, in 2016. And that's when I started to discover like marketing funnels. And the fact that you could actually run ads for things other than just apps. And that's when I started to dive in and actually working with a lot of info products, experts, coaches, uh, course creators, you know, more education, information and coaching or consulting, and really worked with a variety of companies to, to ramp those up. Those work incredibly well on YouTube to answer the question. So do mobile apps. E-commerce also works quite well. The thing is you just have to know your numbers. I think across the board, So to answer that question with today, so to take a step away from the story to answer your question, what works great, what doesn't? I'll give you a couple of things that work really well. What works really well, anything expert, coaching, consulting, those types of businesses. I know both of us know Eli Ascenda with Freedom Travel Systems. So he's actually a client of ours on YouTube. He was getting better results on YouTube than Facebook. So I remember we we did a testimonial video recently and he's like, all right, Alric, you're saying it's true. YouTube ads beat Facebook ads. So there you go. But that's an example of a type of client client that's going to do really well because he teaches people how to hack credit card rewards. He's got a training program for that. He can either train your assistant or train you in how to get the best credit card and hack credit cards. And so he is looking for leads and he's able to get more cost-effective leads on YouTube versus other platforms. With those types of businesses, it really knocks it out of the park, especially expert coaching, consulting, course-based businesses. Now, when it comes to other types of businesses, so again, like we said, apps do really well. You just have to have strong monetization model on the back end of your app. That was one of the things I think some developers ran into is the ones that didn't really have good monetization. They're going to run into some issues because we could drive. I remember driving hundreds of thousands of users to an app and I asked them, How, what's the return or no, I asked them, I was like, Hey, can we try track, for tracking the return here? I'd love to track that. And they said, oh yeah, it's pre-revenue our, 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 we don't have a monetization structure, we're just getting users now. And so I think that again, that can work if you're doing venture capital. But I think that in that case, that particular company didn't continue running those ads because they had to work, go back and figure out their monetization because they couldn't just keep infinitely spending even as the ads are effective. We were getting, I think, like a dollar a user in the US on those uh, around there, $1.50. But anyways, essentially, mobile apps perform really well too. Services, so we've got uh, solar people, we've got uh, roofing, one of our clients, was uh, was US Metal Roofing Consortium. High ticket Products work really well. So Tuft and Needle Mattress was a client of ours. This was several years ago now. Those are obviously big, like mattress, mattress kind of companies. What doesn't work quite as well is going to be more businesses that have thinner margins, don't fully know their numbers, aren't fully validated. And usually, so drop shipping, we don't work with drop shippers. The problem is the margins are so thin. It's just really hard to make that work where you're not really owning the product. You're just like, selling it on your site, but then you're buying it and you're making the spread, it's hard to be able to also pay for ads with that spread. And then and then in terms of e-commerce, very low-priced e-commerce sometimes doesn't work as well. So like things are like $30, $40. That said, things that usually I like to look up for an AOV over $100 to have more confidence that this is going to really perform much better. It's not YouTube, it's just ad platforms in general, right? Even though YouTube is more cost effective, we found that other ad platforms, ad costs across the board are getting more expensive as more people advertise. And so, essentially, you do need to make sure that your metrics work. And so, lower price e-commerce products, drop shipping, things like that, affiliate marketing for lower price things, those I typically don't recommend on YouTube. Whereas, if you have higher prices, expert businesses, obviously, or if you have a different type of monetization model like apps, those those can work really well. So that in general, but. In terms of products, we do have plenty of products that are over a certain AOV that can see success on YouTube. I even have my own like iPhone charging stand. I think I was mentioning that product that we $89 that we, like, that we scaled to just shy of a million dollars last year. And we should do around there probably this year again with Black Friday and everything. So
1: I love that. Very yeah, cool. I didn't capture your exact words, but as you were sharing that, I think when you first started talking about the types of companies that don't work, you said they don't know the numbers. I feel like you said something that was along the lines of not validated. At least my interpretation of that,
0: yeah on cold that. traffic, so it's like friends and like friends and family will buy it. People who know you will buy it, but it's not necessarily something a stranger will look at it and say, "Hey, I want to buy this. I want to pay for that." So that's what I mean by validated. Validated, right. like you have product market fit to the general population beyond your warm people who know you, know and trust you. Love that question for you.
1: Obviously, a lot of the people you work with are people who have already found that and they're scaling. Hmm? For people who are. And I was going to ask this question in a different lens. For people who are looking to scale, maybe they have that like slow adoption. Are ads ever a valid way to increase your speed to finding product market fit with like testing of pages and things like that or
0: not really? It definitely is over a certain, if you fall in the sweet spot. In terms of clients, like we want to see them have over $100 AOV if they're going to test with ads. Just Mm -hmm. because... You can make the ads work really well with lower price products. It's just we've seen it not work sometimes. And we want to make sure that it is going to work because the product market fit not something that we control. And so if you don't have that yet, I know if you have a course or a coaching program or you have a product that has a high enough margin that's a good, solid product, that you're going to be able to test on ads, and you have some margin for error to figure out, okay, is this going to work or not? If your yeah. products are so low priced that it's going to be a hurdle just to even overcome that. That's where you probably don't want to test with at least this type of ad. So I think the products, I'd like to see it over hundred dollar AOV if you are going to test. And then outside of that, you could definitely test like apps. You could test different SaaS and also, which we didn't really mention, but SaaS can work really well. Same thing though. If it's super low price, there's a big difference between a $9 a month SaaS and a $97 a month SaaS, right? Yeah. And if you got a $9 a month staff, yes, YouTube ads can work, but you got to be careful with testing it at the beginning, because if you don't have that mass market appeal that you can get so many people signing up at $9 a month, you might just not, you got to make sure the economics can work. Whereas at 97 a month or 297 a month, that's maybe more B2B or their son entrepreneurs or whatever it is. That's where you might be able to validate a little bit quicker. Makes sense. Yeah. You're basically padding your investment a
1: little bit, even if you're not Seeing insane results, you can at least cover the cost of ads more or less if your are charging at a higher price point, and if you can convert at least a small percentage.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's also not to say that I, I would dissuade overall from YouTube. I just think that if you're at that lower pr- uh, price point, you might want to validate that price point works before you really ramp up the ads. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. I think, and that yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying in terms of the higher price point. I think my frame was also so. I think Eli is a really good example. Where I was thinking, not has nothing to do with him or his product, but I think there's a difference between people who have like already scaled a big online social platform and they have a ton of organic reach versus that person who knows they have a good product. It is above a couple hundred dollars, maybe it's a few hundred dollar course or a thousand dollar course, but they don't have a ton of eyeballs on their products. So this is a really good option for those people to start testing, is what I'm hearing. And it's a way that you can actually grow and scale without needing a huge investing in, in creating a huge online platform necessarily.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then when it comes to that, it's just making sure you have a pricing, a product that's within a certain range that you could really see that scale. Interesting. Okay. I love that. So,
1: and outreach in general, just scoping back out and, and understanding all the value you're providing in your expertise. So, when you're consulting these companies, it's obviously the strategy, some of these things we've just hashed out. What else are you really focused on with them? I imagine you're consulting on like types of videos, the ads themselves. Walk me through high level understanding.
0: Exactly. So we want to start with the YouTube ad. We found there's a formula for a winning YouTube ad, which has a hook, draws people in. You want to pull in the right people and push away the wrong people. So you got a strong hook. Then you want to provide value and educate on the ad. That's where you're actually teaching you're providing value. That's why educational style products work so well. Like Eli is an example. He could teach people, hey, if you have these credit cards, you could really be earning free travel for yourself, your loved ones, maybe even your team, all of that. And so you can educate and then having a clear call to action to get people off of the YouTube ad and into the platform. And so hook, educate, call to action. That's what we found works the best. And so what we have on our team is we've got multiple copywriters that'll go out and actually write ads for our clients to make sure that they've got the perfect ad that's going to convert depending on what their offer, what it happens to be is. And so that's that first step. And then it goes into the targeting side. And that's where it gets exciting. The targeting side is my favorite part because what you want to do is you want to reach the right person at the right time with the right message. That's the key to having high converting YouTube ads. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're reaching the right person at the right time. We need to go in and set up what are called audience segments. So you can actually go into Google and you can build an audience segment to target people based on what they're searching for and what, what they're searching for on YouTube and Google, websites they're going on, apps they might have installed on their phone. There's all these ways to use the millions of data points that Google has on every user to pinpoint exactly who you're looking to reach with your YouTube ads. And so essentially we can go in and help our clients build out these custom segments and target specifically the people they're looking to reach with their ads. So let's say somebody's looking up, okay, how to hack credit card points, right? To continue with this Eli example, or even how to travel on a budget. But they happen to be a business owner, it's layer. Maybe you don't need to travel on a budget because you could just be using credit card points. If you had the right credit card strategy. And so getting in front of people at the right time, that's going to be a really good key to ensuring that your ads get the best success. And so what you want to do is you want to build out these audience segments. In the past, this used to actually be a really manual process. You have to go in, do a lot of research, figure out, okay, how do I, you know, what are people searching? What are they looking up? Where are they going? We saw this and that's why we created a software. So we created keywordsearch.com, which is an AI audience building software that allows you just to put in details about your business. Just say, okay, it's freedom travel systems, freedomtravelsystems.com. And then here's, we help people pack credit card reward points to maximize their travel rewards to so their you know, business spend or their personal spend, and then click generate. And it will go through using AI will understand their business using the algorithm we wrote based on what we do manually. It'll just perform the same manual research process that we would do to go out and find, okay, people are looking up credit card points, travel rewards, how to travel, uh, business, all of those different things. They're looking that up. And so they're looking all of that up. And so what we can do is we can target people based on that. So it'll give you all of the different keywords are looking up, all of the different audiences. You just select which ones you want. And then in one click, you can sync it directly to Google Ads. And and then that audience is now in Google Ads to run an ad towards. And so it's that simple and that easy. And so I know we talked a little bit about the software side. That's in the evolution because we're consulting, we're coaching, we're working with businesses to help them implement YouTube ads like Eli's business. But then what we're also doing is we're developing the tools that just makes that process easier. You to take hours and hours of work. Now, the average time it takes is 2.6 minutes is what we found to, to create these audiences using AI. So it, it's pretty cool where that's going as well. So there's multiple ways we could take the conversation, but that's essentially the process. The right ad, educate call to action, and then target in front of the right. I love that. That's really
1: cool. I feel like especially with launching this software, you're doing two things. Like you're empowering more and more people because in theory, probably different price point. People who are maybe starting out can't necessarily yet afford to work with you or for whatever reason, they're able to use a tool like that and gain a ton of value and also an opportunity to just work with your consulting team and and get that like true hands-on support, probably getting rid of any of that risk or, or uncertainty that lies with doing it yourself. Exactly, exactly. Very cool. Man, yeah, this is all super interesting. So you talked a little bit about this AI tool that you built. Just an entrepreneurial curiosity question for you. What was it like going from building this service-based business, obviously you're relying on a lot of your just like very foundational skills around marketing and advertising, but when it came to building and launching a software business, what was new and different for you finding early adoption of that versus the other things you started?
0: Yeah, so it's definitely a different experience going in and figuring out how to actually build out a software And dealing with bugs, diving in the product roadmap development, knowing that you can't necessarily do it all at once. So we've got this whole idea. I want to do all these things. And now actually at this point, the software does do all those things. We've had it for two and a half years now, and actually it predated AI. So before the AI, it was a little bit more manual. AI just ramped it to the next level. Cause what we were able to do is basically just say, okay. AI can be the the input, right? The wrapper around the algorithm we already coded. Essentially, I got a really great CTO, Greg. I was actually just on with him right before this call. But Greg's CTO, he's here, he was here in Austin as well. He had done work in the AI space before and essentially or with companies involved around that. And, and so I knew there's a big opportunity to have him come in and really build out uh, keyword search. He's fantastic. So he was able to really dive in and and with him and his team, build out software. And then I was able to really see what are, what do our clients need in order to get the best results? And just by doing this so long, we knew and working with thousands of businesses, getting them on YouTube ads, we knew what they needed in order to be successful. And so somebody like an Eli targeting people who are looking to succeed with uh, travel rewards and credit card points, he can go in and use the software and he doesn't need to know how to do complex research, keyword research, all of this stuff. He can just describe his business, click generate and then the algorithm will do all of it in minutes, and then it'll spit out all of the different targeting options, and then he can choose which ones he wants to use. And we also train and teach that both in the software and to our clients that we're consulting and coaching.
1: Very cool. This is a random question, but I'm curious about it in general. So when it comes to your model, are a lot of your clients with you long-term indefinitely, which I would assume a lot of them are because it's just working? And is there a part of your model, you just honestly answer this question, but Part of your model seems like it's also empowering these people so that they can eventually go off and
0: have more context and understanding and
1: the ability to do it on their own if they want.
0: Yeah, so it's a combination, exactly. So it's a skill and an asset we're installing into a business to really give them control over their marketing destiny. And that's you know, a big thing that's important to us. And it's also very unique because a lot of people, there's either courses where you can learn all yourself, but nobody's helping you, or there's agencies where you hand it over to them and they run it. Now, we do have some select agency clients Right now, obviously, we, we've had thousands, thousands of total regular clients. We actively at any given time have hundreds of clients, and we only have sixteen like agency clients right now. We're, we might be opening up another batch of eight of those, but basically, we've got a limited number of like clients that we actually manage ads for, and those are clients that are at a higher level, bigger names. And at the same time, we want to make sure that our coaching and consulting clients, those are the people that we're really empowering them to know how this works, and so we would love to establish long-term relationships. And we also know that we're teaching them a skill that they could take long-term. And so it's really up to them. But a lot of our clients like to stick with us, even knowing that they don't necessarily need to always be with us, but there's a safety and almost like an insurance policy and in saying, hey, I know we learned this, but I just want to run this by you. And it's working so well that obviously all the return, everything they're getting covers our, our fee. It goes over a certain period of time, an initial, initial period of time that we have like kind of the initial contract. Then after that, it's just month to month. And as long as people want to continue working with us. um, But it's also not just YouTube ads. Like one of the things that we've found is we got omnipresent retargeting. So YouTube ads bring people in, but then you want to retarget on every platform, ultimately. And so that's something we can help them build out once they master YouTube ads. Same thing with YouTube channel growth. We found a lot of our clients want to dive into the channel side. And so we've got a YouTube channel growth expert, Dave, uh, on our team that could dive in and actually have conversations with our clients to help them map out a full-blown YouTube channel strategy. And so we can incorporate all of that into uh, one thing. Very interesting. All right, two follow-up questions to that. One,
1: this actually was something I wrote down from one of the earlier things you said in this conversation, speaking to Eli's comment about, oh, this act, there's actually more return in YouTube versus like the meta platform. I'm just curious because obviously you're so deep in YouTube and I'm sure you understand the space itself very well. What are the nuances and differences? Like, how can entrepreneurs think about and understand the differences between the the YouTube platform and the other alternative advertising opportunities?
0: That is also a really good question because there are these big uh, nuances and these big differences. And the big thing is intent. So on Facebook, people are just scrolling, right? Facebook, Instagram, all that. They're scrolling and you have to interrupt them to get in front of them and get them to want to take action. Versus on YouTube, you're getting in front of people when they're in what I call the learner's mindset. They're going on YouTube to learn. They're looking up, how do I earn credit card rewards? How do I travel for free or for cheaper? Maybe they've heard about credit card hacking, but they don't know exactly how it worked. So they're looking those things up on YouTube or on Google recently. Or they're going to a website that talks about it. Maybe they're going to the thepointsguy.com or something like that. What we can do is we can target people based on their searches on YouTube and Google. We can also target them based on apps they have on their phone or websites that they've been on recently, which is crazy. You might wonder, like, how is it possible that Google can do that? They own Google Analytics, which is installed on 55% of all websites online. So you can go in and target people based on what they're searching, what websites are going on, what apps they have, or also there's interests as well that you could target too. So they're just interested in point hacking, things like that. And so you can go in and target all of those people and then reach them when they're in that learner's mindset. They've recently done a search. They've recently gone to a site. And then you're getting in front of them with video and audio on from the beginning. They're not interested. They can skip the ad, which is going to train the algorithm who's not interested. And then the people that watch, those are the people that are more likely to actually go and take action. And so essentially, that's one of the ways that YouTube is just so much more powerful is it's not just that it's a video and audio based platform, which Facebook really isn't. Most people are muted by default, whereas the exact opposite is true. Most people have sound on by default on YouTube. And so what we want to do is we want to get in front of those people at the perfect time and the key word is intent. That's what makes YouTube so much better. Mm, I love that. So interesting. Another, so
1: you have a deep understanding of the platform. This is more of a meta trends question that probably isn't as super specific to business, but I think it's interesting nonetheless. What have you found around like segments of people that are on YouTube and the trends of change? So what thought me, what had me think of this question is my girlfriend, she's an influencer. She has her a course-based business that's teaching women how to do pull-ups. So very random, very niche. Initially, when you talk about the learning mindset, I'm like, this is literally perfect for what she does because any woman on YouTube searching for that, it's probably the easiest for most frictionless way to get their attention and get them interested. But while I'm sure that could also work, what did pop into my mind also is like, oh, are moms on YouTube, are older people on YouTube? Like if, if I had to guess, I would assume the trend is like younger or more men
0: oriented. What have you found in your time on the platform? Oh, there's a lot of people on YouTube. And, and honestly, that YouTube ran a study. over 80% of um, all people age 18 to 48, which is also primary buyers, people in a purchase type of environment, over 80% are on YouTube in any given month. And obviously there's a high percentage of those that are on YouTube every week or every day. And ultimately, yes, you're probably going to get close to hundred percent if you go younger and it's going to go a little bit down as you go older. Yeah, but at the same time, you're still going to have a very strong amount of people. And you're going to be able to target those people that are on there. There is a lot of mother-based content on YouTube. There's a lot of content that appeals to women. We might not see it because obviously like our algorithms are attuned to us, but they're seeing it. And so they're going on YouTube and YouTube has, it, it has an algorithm on there too, uh, but it's also based on what they're searching for. So yeah. they might see something on the YouTube help feed, but they can also search and they can find what they're looking for. And so yes. we can go and target anybody who's a woman of a certain age. Oh, you'd also target parent women. And they're looking up how to do a pull-up, right? How, best exercises, things like that. And you can go and target them uh, with those ads. So we've had clients who do uh, like yoga, things like that. We've had clients uh, targeting mothers for a, diff- a variety of different types of offers. Actually, one of the clients that we have, Donna, now she teaches authors, but a lot of these are these mothers or, or women who starting specifically specifically like Christian women who are looking to write a book. And you can go and target that on YouTube. And when she, uh, we just actually had a conversation. She just passed over a million dollars in sales since working with us from our process that we've implemented. And uh, and so we just did a video kind of celebrating that and sent her a little rocket award and all that stuff. But, but basically there's people for everything on YouTube. Is it going to be every single mother that's interested in doing a pull-up? No, but you're not going to find every single person on any platform. There is a strong concentration. And it's a lot easier to target them on a platform like YouTube. Yeah. You can target them based on what they're searching for and get them in that exact moment so de- definitely a big opportunity for her on youtube for yeah sure.
1: i love that super cool and yeah. that was my assumption and it was almost an obvious answer still want yeah. to hear your per- perception on it i think it's one of those things like oh my mom doesn't use youtube so i just am projecting that no mom uses youtube but obviously not the case. Wow. very interesting so when it comes to business models and price points i'm curious what outside of just like the low aov example that we talked about what are some other interesting trends and if, if You don't want to speak on this because it's maybe outside of your core function. I totally get it. But I'm curious, like as an entrepreneur, you're thinking about a lot of things like, okay, up to a certain threshold, I'll probably find more success, like direct selling my thing or trying to enroll people into a webinar that then converts them into my program afterwards versus like booking a call, then sell my thing. Do you have any insights or maybe just like general trends that you've seen of what works for different price points? And of course, it's like a very broad, question that is definitely industry specific or niche specific, but if that's too meta of a question, even just some of the big other problems you've seen or challenges for entrepreneurs. We go through the whole yeah, perfect.
0: We go through all of this. And so that's what we want to do is we want to look at depending on the business, what's going to be the best funnel for them. And we actually have funnel experts on our team, in addition to our copywriters, in addition to our ad strategists, ads coaches that actually know what's going to work best depending on the business. That's also, when it comes to a high ticket offer, we really specialize a lot with these expert-based businesses as well, where we know what funnels are gonna work best. So there's webinar funnels, like you said, there's VSL funnels. There's also uh PDF, the lead magnet funnels. What we found is one of the ones that works the best is called a video conversion funnel. We coined this ourselves. It's, it's our take on a VSL funnel. So it's like 80% of VSL funnel, but the 20% difference makes all the difference here. And so essentially it's like a VSL crossed between a high-value YouTube video. You can start seeing how this will work. So you take the YouTube ads and let's use the the pull-ups example, right? So you're targeting people. So you run it through the AI ad platform. You find all the people that are looking for different things around pull-ups. And you'd be surprised, like the the software will go and it'll find different things that you or I wouldn't have thought of that people are searching for, but it'll find what they're searching for. So then we know all the things that they're searching for, websites they are going on. And we run that as an audience. So now we have an ad about are you able to do a pull-up if you're a mother's XYZ, like I can help you teach you the process. Here's a few things you might not know. It is possible for you. It could be in as little as XYZ. I'm just making this up by the way, but obviously, yeah. you know, of course mm-hmm. you would have that. And click the link so that you can go and watch my training where I'm going to teach you some of the big things that you need to know about doing a pull-up. And so then they click the link, simple opt-in page, very simple, name, email. Also, if you have a good kind of sales follow-up, phone number is really valuable. That's a pro tip right there. I have seen that basically double people's business just by adding a phone number to the opt-in and then calling and contacting, calling and texting all the leads. It doesn't have to be, you just hire somebody, put them on commission, say, hey, here's a list of leads that hasn't booked a call yet. Go crazy. Don't exactly do it like that, but more let's contact these people. Don't say go, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I've voted. But then from there, you, from there, now these people are opting in. Now they watch this video. It's like a cross between a VSL and a YouTube video. So VSL video sales letter is designed to sell people and it takes them through a journey and it helps them handle objections. But remember, people are coming from YouTube. So they want a little more education than that. They want a little bit more value. So a a video conversion funnel is more of a value first sales video. And it also higher production value. It's not the weird like uh, white screen with text popping up that we've all seen. No, this is feels like a YouTube video, but it's also a sales video. And by the end of the video, you're either getting them if it's a coaching program to book a call, or if it's like a course, you're selling them on the course at the end. And so essentially, it sounds like it's coaching, more coaching, right, so at the end, you would say, hey, I'd love to hop on a call and dive in and map out how this will work. Then you drive to a phone number page where they could, or, sorry, not phone number, a booking page, a calendar booking page. They could book a call, fill an application, or vice versa, whatever you have first, and then go from there. So that's essentially the funnel that we found works the best on YouTube. And if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. You're reaching people that are looking for this thing. You're giving them a teaser. You're showing them that you are going to be able to help them. Educating a little bit on the ad and then you're saying, hey, click the link and I'll give you a full video for free. They go and they opt-in for the video. It's not a too salesy video, but it's also not a too value video where they just leave. Right. It's a cross between the two. Yep. Guess them to take action. Then they book a call and then they become a client on the back end. And so that's the whole process. Love that. Really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely.
1: I love that. Man, I usually I have a million questions, but I feel like you've done such a good job of sharing so much value, so many insights into YouTube as a platform, how to think about it as an entrepreneur. And, and I'm really glad that you were able to share on not just the isolated ad, because I really, at least from my perception of being an entrepreneur and spending time with a lot of entrepreneurs, you're really trying to hack all these things together. It's your lead gen. It's also your offer uh, and everything else together. One last question that I wanted to ask you is related to the omnipresent, I'm probably going to mess up. We call it omnipresent retargeting that you mentioned earlier. So how does that differ, or how does that add additional value once you've really gotten to handle RMB core YouTube platform itself?
0: Yeah, so it perfectly complements that because when it comes to YouTube ads, that's bringing people in. Those are the people that are interested. You're reaching them at the right time. And then when it comes to omnipresent retargeting, you're now taking all those people and you're warming them up on every platform. And so. You got to think about Omnipraiser, you're talking like a gigantic microwave, right? If all your leads are popcorn kernels, there's going to be a few that pop pretty quickly, but then other ones need to be warmed up. And so you got to put those in the microwave. And what does the microwave do? It warms them up from all directions, not just one, not just YouTube ads. You want to have YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, Instagram, TikTok, all the platforms running ads to warm people up until they're ready to take action. Now, this is a little bit more of an advanced strategy. This is once you've mastered YouTube ads, is bring in and leads and sales. And now you want to increase and maximize that. You want to warm people up. Then you can go omnipresent and actually start running ads cross-platform to warm people up. And that's an omnipresent retargeting uh, strategy as well.
1: I love that. And over time, what is the, obviously you're converting more people. Does, do you see like cost per acquisition go down when you start doing multi-platform or what are the other benefits under the hood that you start to see when you're adopting a strategy?
0: Yeah, overall cost per acquisition goes down. And then also the time it takes to enroll a client also goes down as well because they're seeing more touch points. There's a certain amount of touch points many people need to see in order to seriously consider and then purchase. And so you're just decreasing the length of time it takes for that person to get all those touch points they need to actually become a client. Got it. Makes sense. Awesome. Really appreciate you sharing that. And
1: in general, for walking us through all of this content as it relates to YouTube, understanding the platform itself. I feel like For a lot of entrepreneurs, the status quo is, oh, go advertise on Meta. But it's really cool to hear the differentiation. And for a lot of reasons, it seems like YouTube can actually be a better alternative. So yeah, I just really appreciate that in general. And I know you had some other links and resources you wanted to share with the audience. What are those? And for people who had an appetite to learn more from this conversation, like where can they go to further their learning?
0: Absolutely. So I got a free gift and then also a way to dive in and, and have a strategy call too, for the people that are really interested in seeing how this can, can apply to their business. But I've got a free gift for everybody who's listening, watching. You can go to adoutreach.com slash gift, and you'll be able to get uh, our full 19 page YouTube ad strategy PDF. It breaks down the whole strategy step-by-step. Step. You'll be able to dive in and it goes through everything when it comes to scripting on an ad, targeting an ad, the whole process. So adoutreach.com slash gift. That will go through the full 19-page YouTube ad strategy PDF. Then on the back of that, and or also go by going to adoutreach.com slash apply, you can book a strategy call with our team where we can dive into your business, see if it's a good fit for YouTube ads for what we do, and of out a game plan and a strategy to help you scale on YouTube. Love that.
1: For everyone listening, I'm not here to sell it, but I was checking out that page myself, and you've worked with all the best in the game, which is really cool to see, so everyone who's crushing into coaching is uh, using your platform and Mm -hmm. the results clearly speak for themselves. So definitely recommend checking it out. Thank you so much, Delaney. This has been awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise, Alec. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know the audience gave so much value. So thank you for being.